Life will pay whatever price you ask in it. You know what's interesting? You gotta ask intelligently. In the Bible it says, ask and you shall what? Pretty good formula, you ought to look into it. But you know what? It says, ask and you shall receive, but I'm sure it meant ask intelligently. I'm sure that's what God meant. I'm sure he didn't mean bitch and you will receive. Wine and you will receive. I don't think that was the instruction. Now, if you were going to ask intelligently, there might be five elements of that. Number one, you'd have to ask specifically, wouldn't you? We wouldn't ask in a general way. People do it all the time. They go, I want more money. Fine, here's a dollar. Get out of here. Very often, you're getting what you're asking for. You're just not aware of how general you're asking. Clarity is power. The more clear you are about exactly what it is you want, the more your brain knows how to get there. Your brain is a servo mechanism. It's like a bomb. Those bombs, those missiles, they have a servo mechanism. So if the target moves, it knows what the target is. It follows it. Your brain, when you condition it, knows exactly what to go for and it'll find a way to get there. Do you ever buy a certain outfit or a certain car and suddenly see that car outfit everywhere? How many of you ever had that experience? Say, aye. How come that car outfit's everywhere? It always was everywhere, but now you notice it. And the reason is because there's a part of your brain called the reticular activating system, the RAS. That part of your brain determines what you notice and what you don't notice. Your brain spends most of its time trying to make sure you don't notice because you'll go crazy if you notice everything. But when you decide what's most important to you, your brain goes after it. Everyone I know who's successful builds what I call an RPM plan. An RPM is built on the metaphor that the way to get from where you are to where do you want to go to the fastest is you got to build power like in a car, RPMs. And the R stands for they know the result they're after. They know what they want precisely. If you don't know exactly what you want or you let yourself get beyond that into something general, you're not going to achieve it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Redesign Podcast. That was your Monday morning motivation from none other than Tony Robbins. Hope you enjoyed that. Wishing you all a positive start to the week. And by the time you're listening to this, Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz would have had their title fight in Saudi Arabia. Let me know if you paid Sky Box Office the full £25 <laughs> to uh, to watch the event. Or did you stream it by uh, other mischievous sources? Let me know. Hit me up. Use the hashtag RedesignPod on Twitter. I'm hoping AJ won. After I finish recording this podcast, I'm probably going to be on Betfair. And um, I might have to place a couple of bets and see what happens. But we'll update you on social media as everything unfolds. Um, I'll let you know how much I won or how much I lost. But anyway, let's get cracking. This week, what are we talking about? We're talking about Netflix. Could they be bringing the experience to a physical environment? So we're talking about the possibility of them buying physical cinemas. I think it'd be a good look. Um, Also, Apple Pay are speeding up transactions. We'll be talking about that as well. Also, AI cameras are going to be catching drivers texting on the sly. Mm, Shout out to you people that like to snap and drive or do Instagram stories when you're driving. Hey, listen, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you that this technology is out there in uh, a certain country and it could be coming to us very, very soon here in the UK So uh, and other places as well. So, yeah, just to let you know, is a social media post really worth you losing your license? You need a license. Don't get revoked. None of them and them get revoked. None of them. None of them now the license, you know. And uh, also we're going to be talking about Apple, the ecosystem and the economy of buying Apple products. We're going to be going 
understand memory lane as well short history on apple and how they became one of the biggest technology companies in the world today and also why are we so loyal to apple as a brand like they're charging us more and more and we're still we're still lapping it up every time they come out with a new product whether we need it or not you know there's massive queues around the apple store to get the latest Apple device. People are spending thousands and getting themselves into debt for their latest iPhones. So all of that coming up after the intro. Are you sure you can blame it on social media? Flexing is good for business. Spending money makes you money. Bitcoin down more than 30% this week. Redesigned. You've got to put in the effort every single day. Running a business isn't for everyone. They need role models and not just movie stars and athletes. We are the digital influencers. They're creating content. There's no denying the power of digital media, but it also poses a real challenge. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Redesigned podcast. This is episode 56. My name is Andrew, also known as Mr. Kate Box. This is the podcast where we talk about digital culture, the intersection between technology, new media, communication, business, all of that stuff. Don't forget, if you want to get involved in the conversation, you can use the hashtag redesigned pod. That's redesigned pod, all one word, on Twitter. And also, if you've listened to previous episodes and you like what you hear so far, please 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 leave a review on apple Podcasts. we don't really talk that much about apple Podcasts these days because we kind of just get on with the podcast you know um i've kind of like slept on asking for reviews and stuff like that it just helps me to like know what kind of direction uh to take the podcast in you know getting you guys feedback so I really appreciate all the feedback so far on Apple Podcasts. That's really the only place where you can leave reviews. Um, and if you're not subscribed, hit the subscribe or follow button, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Acast or Spotify or whichever, whatever platform you're listening on, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss another episode. New episodes come out without fail every Monday. So yeah, it's been 12 months now. I've been fully consistent, never missed an episode. So yeah, we're going to, try and continue that and uh bring the podcast to more people and expand and do all sorts of cool shit so we've got an event planned for next year uh march we're going to be doing redesign live more info to follow but also we've got cool school launching on 9th of january as well so that's the night school and social club for grown-ups look out for that as well but yeah without further ado let's crack on with this week's podcast so you're probably aware that the streaming wars are intensifying. A lot more competition is coming to the uh, video streaming market. So there's going to be a lot more choice when it comes to streaming movies, films, TV programs. You've got BritBox that has just launched with ITV and BBC. You've got Disney Plus, which has just launched in the US and the Netherlands and is coming to the UK in March. Uh, what else? What else? You've got Apple TV Plus as well. They've just launched. They're starting to make original content as well. So a lot of people are coming for Netflix's neck. And um, yeah, Netflix kind of really need to come up with some ideas. And I think this is a good idea, a good move on their part. So they recently saved a theater a single screen theater in new york they announced that they had taken over the lease of the paris theater cinema in new york 
which shut down in August and they plan to use it for theatrical releases, special events and screenings. And um, yeah, it's a good look. I think you're starting to get into the territory of real estate. See, like, for example, if you look at McDonald's, they don't just sell burgers. They are a real estate business. They've, they've bought up so many properties and they've controlled so much land, so much real estate. Like they're occupying a lot of space and they're generating a lot of footfall. So people can't help but see their presence if that makes sense the visibility is going to be there because it's physical so you're going to see people that have never even heard of netflix yeah i know it seems crazy the idea of someone who's never even heard of netflix but trust me these people exist i was doing some research earlier and there's like a, a very high percentage of the world's population that hasn't even has never made a phone call you know so don't be surprised that there are people walking the earth who don't know what Netflix is. It's a real thing. It's it's highly possible. We take these things for granted because we use them every day. They're household names. But if you think of the idea of having a physical presence on the high street or actual theatres, it's going to do a lot for Netflix, especially when you think about having events imagine how much money they would generate just from you know venue hire and and what it would actually do for their brand i mean if you look at apple we'll be talking about apple shortly and companies like nokia one of the best things that apple did was creating the physical flagship store so i mean apple didn't always have high street stores so when they created the flagship store that you see in westfield or the one that you see in new york the benefit of having a physical presence is that as I mentioned before, you've got that footfall, you've got people traffic, people are seeing it. They can walk in, they can experience what the brand is. And um, yeah, I think that's a, a good look for Netflix, a, a really good idea in terms of building that brand extension, giving the public you know, another option to, you know, maybe Odeon or Cineworld or whichever. We're not going to mention the other cinema for obvious reasons, but yeah. I think it'll be a good look. Let me know what you think. A place to actually go and physically experience Netflix outside of the home. So as I mentioned before, it's going to be used for theatrical releases, special events and screenings. So they're starting with that. They're starting with New York. It's interesting because they say they have no further plans to buy any more cinemas, but I doubt it because they're currently in negotiations to buy another independent cinema in, uh, in LA. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix actually started to buy up different properties and, and and have physical places and start thinking about creating real world experiences um for the public to engage with it makes a lot of sense now according to an article on the bbc website artificial intelligence cameras capable of detecting drivers who are using their mobile phones illegally have been activated in australia um, now these cameras were launched by New South Wales Transport on the 1st of December and any drivers spotted by the AI during its first three months will get a warning at first but then after that uh, they'll be issued with fines and points on their license. Now they're saying it uses high definition cameras to take photos of the front row cabin space of vehicles in all weather conditions and um, any images that the automated system considers likely to contain a driver illegally using a phone are verified by authorised personnel so they're going to be issuing fines and penalty points let's go to a quick news snippet the secret cameras will soon be switched on across new south wales to crack down on drivers using their phones behind the wheel lawbreakers will face hefty penalties but not immediately it's the 21st century epidemic that's costing lives abuse across our road network 
which is leading to accidents, leading to the loss of life uh, and leading to people being seriously hurt. The state government is getting tough on drivers to trigger a cultural change. Over the next three years, 45 portable cameras will be set up across the state in unknown locations and without warning signs. So that drivers get the message across this state to not touch the phone whilst you're driving behind the wheel of a car. Anyone caught doing the wrong thing will face fines of up to $344. They'll also lose five demerit points. A three-month grace period will be given with warning letters sent until March next year. People are not getting the message. They think accident, an accident can't happen to them. Well, they're wrong. A six-month trial across Sydney checked more than 8.5 million cars catching more than 100,000 drivers using their phones illegally. For goodness sake, uh, do not. Text and drive, do not. Hold the phone up to your ear. Don't put the phone on your lap with the, the speakerphone on. Get the message. And if you're not going to do that, well, now, as of, the, as of this weekend, we have the ability to catch it. Hey, that is peak. Artificial intelligence cameras designed to catch mobile phone users anyway it's not a habit i i have for myself but um i do see a lot of people doing it on social media like filming while driving and using their phone um it's your life not mine that's all i'm saying but but then again we can say things like that until you know someone gets hurt or someone gets killed like why is it so important that we have to snap and drive or text and drive like why is it so important you know uh, i don't understand like i can understand let's say for example if you're in crawling traffic and th- like there's no way for your car to go like you can't literally you could you, you're literally going at three four miles an hour start and stop and then you you, you know you see a message and you read it and then maybe you put it back in or you just or, you know, you just send a cheeky, a quick cheeky reply. Yeah, I can understand that. But there are people that are literally on the dual carriageway, filming, doing cinematics on the motorway, doing Instagram stories. Like, why? Like, why? 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 Like, is it really that important? Is it really that deep? But hey, rules are there to be broken, I guess. People are always going to misbehave and do what they're not supposed to be doing. But yeah, these cameras... It's only a matter of time, folks. It's only a matter of time before they hit the UK as well. And um, yeah, what are your thoughts on those cameras? Hit me up. Use the hashtag redesign pod. Things that make you go. Did you know we spend a lifetime average of five years and three months on social media? According to social media today, we spend a year and 10 months on YouTube. One year, seven months on Facebook, one year and two months on Snapchat, eight months on Instagram and 18 days on Twitter. Hmm. I don't know how they came to that conclusion, but it's a bit peak still five years of your life on social media. What could you do? What else could you do with that time? And the sad thing is, I probably think I spend more than that. Lisa, I need to kick this habit, you know, seriously. It's peak saying that. What's your screen time? <laughs> What's your screen time saying? Oh my God. Tweet me your average screen time for the week. Don't forget, use the hashtag redesignpod on Twitter. Get involved in the conversation. 
Okay, so Apple Pay has tweaked their service in a bid to make it a lot faster when tapping in and out of train stations. So if you use Apple Pay to fund your morning commutes, it's going to be a lot faster. So rather than having to use the fingerprint reader or the facial recognition or double tapping or whichever, um, you can simply just tap in and tap out. Thank goodness, because it is so long and the, the amount of times I've used the wrong debit card when going on the underground is so annoying. But yeah, um, yeah, I think it's going to help. So it's going to work on any phones from the iPhone SE 6S and later. And it's also going to work on the Apple Watch as well. So you could just tap your watch and be on your way. So it saves people fiddling around in front of you during peak rush hour times, makes it a lot easier and, you know, stops unnecessary queues forming. Now, Apple says that the feature has now been enabled in all the different zones across London's TfL network. And um, you can now use that by selecting a default card in the Apple Pay settings in iOS, which is good. So that which is good because you don't even have to unlock or wake up your device which is quite jarring. That's quite a jarring thing to have to do all the time when you're uh, approaching the barriers. So yeah, it's a good look, man. It's a good look. If you want more information on that, you can just Google Express Transit Support. Let's go for a quick break. What we gonna do right here is go back. Way back. Back into time. It's more sophisticated, yet less complicated. It's more powerful, yet less cumbersome. It can store vast amounts of yesterday or tell you what's in store for tomorrow. It can draw a picture or it can draw conclusions. It's a personal computer from Apple and it's as easy to use as this. Macintosh, the computer for the rest of us. Let's talk Apple. Apple Inc., formerly known as Apple Computer Company, started in 1976, a good 43 years ago. Three guys, Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, and Ronald Wayne, they didn't know they was going to change the course of how we live, impact culture, the way we communicate, the way we listen to music. If anyone had a crystal ball, Listen, the impact Apple has made in society in terms of how we work, how we live, how we communicate, no one would be able to predict it. From products such as the iMac to the iPhone, Apple Watch, the iPad, Apple TV, and not forgetting the iPod, which revolutionized the whole entire music industry. That's the reason why we have streaming today. One of the big reasons. We're going to be talking about Apple, its significance in terms of digital culture, and also the economics of staying inside the Apple ecosystem, as they call it. Apple isn't just a computer company, they're a multinational technology and media company. Not only are they working in the vertical of technology, they're now entering the world of finance, and they have been in the entertainment industry for some time now. So what started off as just a vision to make computers accessible to the common man and woman, they are now an entertainment, finance and technology titan in the global marketplace. One of the reasons I love Apple is because of their focus on simplicity, 
quality and their design as a graphic designer you know i like good things you know i like the way things look you know i like my things to look nice yeah <laughs> i'm sure you can relate that's why the iphone for example is so popular it just looks so buff show me a phone that looks better than the iphone i'll wait let me know if there's any android phones out there i know this is really biased sorry android users i've not had any other phone since probably 2010 2010 2011 that's when i got my first iphone it was an iphone 4 and before that i had a blackberry i had a few blackberries before that now they slightly had a, a part to play in the demise of blackberry as well but that's for a different story that's for another podcast so let's rewind back to 1976 so two college dropouts steve wozniak and steve jobs had a vision of the way people viewed computers so back in the day before people used to have computers inside the home these machines were massive like they were huge you wouldn't normally find a computer in someone's house very very rare and they were used in workplaces like you, you'd find mainframe computers if you don't know what a mainframe computer is it's bloody massive just google it and you will know what a mainframe is but um yeah they wanted to make computers small enough for people to have in their homes and offices now they started building out the first apple computer well i say they it was actually steve wozniak um they started building the computer in Steve Jobs' garage and they sold them without a monitor. It didn't even have a case on it. It's called the Apple One. Look it up on YouTube. Um, well, hum very humble beginnings. That tells you a lot, you know. you got to start somewhere. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but it's true. you got to start somewhere. I think Amazon and Microsoft as well. Amazon, Microsoft and Google, they were all founded in garages. Look up the backstories, I kid you not. But anyway, so later on, they went on to add a monitor. That Apple One computer didn't even have a monitor with it. So they added that on the following year and they came out with another computer called the Apple II and that kind of jump-started the whole computer industry with the introduction of their first ever um, computer with a color screen and um, what they call a graphical user interface. So before, people used to just like, it just used to be text-based a lot of computers were text-based and yeah they kind of changed the game when it came to using the graphical interface that we we all take for granted now and you only have to go on youtube and watch a few videos on the first on the most primitive computers to see anything pre-windows 95 like so windows 3.1 um the first version of apple os you'll see how <laughs> Boy, how, how people suffered back in the day with computers but then again back then it was cutting edge technology so what can you say so anyway they managed to ship a ridiculous amount of stock sales jumped from 7.8 million in 1978 to 117 million by 1980 and that was the year apple went public so if you don't know what that means basically their company went on the stock market so then they could get investment and you know get shareholders to put money into the company that was the beginning of Apple's story. So Steve Wozniak left the company in 1983. Steve Jobs also snaked him. He found out that Steve snaked him. I don't know how or when, but um, a good a good thing to do if you want more of the backstory is to watch the movie Jobs. And also there's a documentary on Netflix done by the BBC about Steve Jobs and Apple. They actually interviewed Steve Wozniak about his experience working with Steve Jobs in the early days. So in 1985, Steve Jobs hired John Scully, who was marketing genius behind PepsiCo back in the 80s. And that kind of backfired because eventually Steve Jobs was kicked out of his own company. Bet you didn't know that. And um, so Steve Jobs went off in 1985 to launch another company called Next Software or NEXT. 
software. And although Apple was still doing well, kind of mad not having the person with the most vision for the company involved. So naturally, you know, things started to go in a bit of a downward spiral. Decisions weren't made that were benefiting the company in terms of like software licensing and stuff. So a new player on the market, IBM, with their personal computers, they were basically stepping on Apple's necks. Just the same way, you know, Netflix is probably feeling the heat from Disney Plus and Apple and all the other streaming services. That's the nature of business. You know, competition can be fierce sometimes and it's about how you react. But anyway, two twos now. Apple's market share diminished violently. So that's the reason why Windows was so prolific. Like every home computer you saw was a Windows machine. Apple basically dropped the ball. Other than that, they would have been winning. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. But the market share was lost to IBM and Microsoft. They came out with Windows, Windows 95, Windows XP. They were winning. So by the mid 1990s, around about 1996, um, a lot of experts thought that the company was doomed. They were destined to be bankrupt. They thought it was over for Apple. But it wasn't until 1997 where Apple was looking for a new operating system to kind of challenge Windows. They bought out the company that Steve Jobs went on to start. So it was Steve Jobs' new software company. They went out, Apple bought them out. And then the board of directors asked Steve Jobs, to help and he became the interim CEO but he didn't officially become the CEO of his own company again until the year 2000 uh, but when he did he made some major changes around Apple and this is when he there was a real turning point for Apple around that time remember 2000 2001 that's when a lot of people was downloading music you had Napstar you had LimeWire BearShare and all those kind of things you had the BitTorrents the music industry was suffering but Steve Jobs had an idea iPod was designed to be a way to just synchronize your music from your computer to get it into your pocket it was after the success of the iPod that Apple said oh there's a market here for us to sell music so they came up with the iPod and the iTunes music store and they marketed that as 1,000 songs in your pocket that was the tagline because remember they had these other mp3 players you had mini discs that didn't work you had mp3 players they'd look like uh, these usb these bulky usb memory sticks with um, screens on them and they were so complicated as well they were ugly complicated and not many people really knew how to use them it was just trash basically but the ipod the way they came out with the ipod amazing and if it weren't for the iPod, you wouldn't have had the iPhone because the iPhone design is based heavily on, you know, the, the iPod Touch. Uh, but that's probably for another podcast. But anyway, that was one of Steve Jobs' best moves, you know, tapping into the music industry. That was really what was going to make Apple a household name, if you think about it. Because if you look at the history of the computers themselves, the iMac, the Macintosh in general, they were kind of aimed at professionals, creative professionals and stuff like that. But the iPod kind of tapped into new territory, especially with young people. They became like a fashion accessory. It was the coolest gadget to have. It was one of the, the most sought after Christmas presents at Christmas, one of the most sought after gifts for Valentine's Day, especially when you're talking about the, uh, like the iPod Nano and the iPod Shuffle. 
that really brought Apple into the forefront in terms of becoming not just a technology company, but a company that was part of youth culture, a company that was part of the entertainment industry. Even if you look back at like 50 cents, go back and watch 50 cents PIMP video, yeah? Right? If you want some nostalgia, go go watch that on YouTube right now. Go on YouTube, 50 Cent PIMP with Snoop Dogg. Watch the video and 50 Cent's got the iPod. And yeah, those times, that's when Apple started to become the household name that it is today. Now, fast forward to 2007, they unveiled the iPhone. Steve Jobs, though, he was uh, he really sick. Obviously, he had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and that. Um, so he didn't have much time left. But when he discovered that he, he didn't have much time left, he was like proper focused on taking Apple to the next level before passing the torch. And that's when they came out with the iPhone and then also um, the iPad, which would be like a bridge between mobile devices and laptops. And it, it's really, really changed the game. October 2011. Around the world, devoted fans mourned the death of Steve Jobs, the force of nature behind Apple. So on October the 5th, 2011, Steve Jobs sadly passes away and the future of the company is placed in the hands of Tim Cook. Now, despite worry from the shareholders, because you know when you your company is being propped up by different investors you know you got answer to everyone else i mean your company is getting pammed by all these different i like people with different ideas um you can't just make moves and just do do what you want basically the stock price started to tumble because they were worried about what would happen to the company so but despite the worry from shareholders tim cook successfully steers the company in the right direction ushering a new era of innovation. I call this the third era of Apple. Um, with products such as the Apple Watch, AirPods, uh, not to mention the acquisition of Beats by Dre, Beats headphones, like for a long while. Obviously, Dr. Dre created that brand and they made him a billionaire basically with that deal. So, yeah, not just that, services such as Apple Pay, Apple Card, and also the new streaming service Apple TV and also what a lot of people don't know about Tim Cook he's a proper like humanitarian so they've done a lot of work on humanitarian grounds as well which makes Apple you know ethically you know they're not one they're not one of the worst companies out there you know a lot of people talk about how the parts of the iPhones like where they're assembled and that come from you know resources where it's kind of like inhumane and I haven't done much research on that um, but a lot of these wealthy companies they're always always they're always up to something a lot of them don't give back yeah apple seems to be a bit different especially under tim cook's leadership anyway but in 2018 it became the first company in american history to become worth one trillion dollars in terms of market cap so market cap is short for market capitalization and if you don't know what market capitalization is google it do your goals not follow again. i don't even know what market cap is i mean i kind of know what it is I have an idea, but but I don't. Shit, let me let me Google that right now. In fact, let me ask Siri. Hey Siri, what is market capitalization? Market capitalization means the value of a company that is traded on the stock market, calculated by multiplying the total number of shares by the present share price. Ah, see so you learn something new every day. 
See, I knew it, was, it had something to do with the value of the company. So yeah, um, let's talk about the brand experience. So Apple is is a very aspirational brand. Everyone looks at it as, especially when it comes to tech, it's just like the Rolls Royce of computers, phones. If you're talking about laptops, everyone wants a MacBook Pro. If you're talking about desktop computers, everyone wants the iMac. So what makes it so special? One of the key people in Apple that kind of made Apple so aspirational and helped create that brand experience is a designer called Johnny Ive. He's recently left Apple anyway. Um, But yeah, Johnny Ive is another key person to research, especially when it comes to why Apple is so, so much of a, a desirable brand. So when you look at the keynotes that they do, he's the one that usually talks and introduces the new products. Like when they're doing the, the you know, the, the trailer video for the new product. Yeah, that's him. He's a British guy. So he created some of the most iconic Apple products that we all know, like the iPod, the iPad, the MacBook Air, the iMac G3, and of course the iPhone. Um, so yeah, Johnny Ive is one of those key people that you need to consider um, when we're talking about the success of Apple and why it's such a desirable brand. Have you ever been to an Apple store? Like the architecture, the way it's presented, the lighting, the layout, the way the products are showcased. It's like, it's like a car showroom. Like it just, it just feels very bougie. It's like, um, how can I best describe it? It's basically like a digital playroom full of gadgets, like proper eye candy in that, you know? And that's one of the things that create that brand experience for Apple. Not only is it just like a retail store, um, they have like a genius bar where you can get expert advice on your products. The, the aftercare is quite good in there. You can get things replaced while it's under warranty very quickly when you go to the Apple store. And also they do like workshops and events and stuff like that inside the stores, which kind of sets it, def- it definitely sets it apart from, you know, the competitors. If you're looking at companies like Samsung, they don't really have that type of store presence. Let's talk about the ecosystem and why the Apple brand is so sticky. One of the biggest reasons why there's so much brand loyalty when it comes to Apple is their ecosystem. They've developed so many components that work with each other. So if you have an iPhone, in the beginning it was a lot easier to pair it with an Apple computer, especially when it comes to backing up your your phone and doing stuff with it. It it was a lot more seamless. And then when you have things like AirPods, AirPods just automatically sync up with your iPad, your iPhone. It's all very seamless. Everything just talks to each other. So if your phone rings, it shows up on your iMac, it shows up on your MacBook, you know, it just makes everything so easy. There's no, it just, it just works. Like if you open the uh, the case for a pair of AirPods next to your iPhone, it just automatically knows that you've just got a, a new set of AirPods. Like that doesn't work with like Android. Sorry, Android fans. I'm just telling the truth. Like all your devices don't play nicely with each other. So you've got one manufacturer that makes this. You've got Huawei, you've got Sony, you've got Motorola, you've got, I don't know. I don't know what other brands people use. Oppo. Um, oh yeah samsung you know all your stuff doesn't go together the way apple products do i'm not saying it's inferior but 
once you're in that ecosystem there isn't really much of an incentive for you to change i mean it, it could be seen as quite lazy thinking but that's my opinion i don't know let me know if you disagree or whatever so yeah it's um the ecosystem we're talking about software hardware and how like all the different functions intersect so many different useful features such as continuity so if you don't know what continuity is basically if i copy something on my iphone it's like a universal clipboard so if my iphone and my ipad and my macbook are all on at the same time whatever i've copied if i take a piece of text and i press copy i can just go to either my ipad or my macbook pro and just click on paste like it's a universal clipboard doesn't that make life easier especially when you're working across multiple devices like for example i could when i prepare for my podcast right when i'm preparing the shows i might be doing some research on my phone and then for the actual content i might just keep all my notes in my ipad so i'm using an ipad pro and then i will just like write some text on it and then go on my phone grab a picture or maybe grab like a slideshow or something press copy and then I, instead of having to actually send it to my iPad or send it by, you know, other means, maybe email or Dropbox, I could just click on paste and everything just works seamlessly. You see, this is the reason why I haven't left Apple. Because I'm not going to lie, I've seen some other products that are quite good, especially the phone technology. Usually when you see new features, like Android gets it first and then iOS just comes and, you know, makes it better and then presents it as something new. I'm aware of that. You know, I'm not stupid. I know that that's what happens. But um, yeah, I'm just an Apple fanboy, man. Like leaving the iPhone for me is super long. Like let's talk about the apps, the app store. Come on, you can't beat the app store. You'd think I'm actually getting paid to talk about this. I'm not, but you can't beat the Apple app store. Like show me an app store that's better than that. That's one of the reasons why like Nokia, when they, before they went over to Android, that's one of the reasons why iPhone was able to like capitalize. You couldn't touch their app store. You couldn't touch it. Same with BlackBerry. That's one of the things that killed BlackBerry as well. Their app store was crap. Boy, oh boy. There's other stuff. Like for example, you've got files. Now you can connect like external hard drives to like your iPad. I know Android has had that for ages. Yes, you can connect it by USB-C. Um, but also you got, you know, things like airdrop you can just seamlessly transfer files between ios devices with airdrop um obviously you've got facetime you've got another feature called handoff um that's where you can start something on one device so maybe your mac your iphone or or even on your watch and pick it up on another device without losing focus on what you're doing so for example if you're on a web page on your iphone if you open your ipad you can actually see that same web page it will just appear on your ipad or if you're on your macbook pro or your imac you'll see that same web page um and you can also use it on things like calendar contacts and some other third-party apps as well but yeah these are the reasons why like people don't really once people are inside the apple ecosystem they don't move and because of that convenience that is why apple are able to get away with not innovating much and then bringing out new products and charging us more for it. You know, sometimes I feel like an idiot every time I get a new iPhone. I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes I feel like they got me, man. They got me again. But the products are that good, man. The products are just that damn good. Until I see something that's going to convince me otherwise. Listen, I'm trapped, man. And I don't mind. You've also got the iCloud as well. 
it's a bit slow but boy is it convenient just being able to have all your files backed up in the cloud and being able to access them on all my different devices i know you can do it or you could use dropbox you can use uh, google drive i know there are other services out there but i just love the way this is starting to sound this episode is really starting to sound like a, an, an ad for apple i know i know you're just gonna have to forgive me for that one but yeah um what can i say i just love apple it'd be it'd be great if apple could sponsor me you know that'd be live any apple execs out there if you want to give me a shout you know i'm here i'm ready you know speaking it into existence and all that but yeah to conclude like apple their move to finance through apple pay and apple card its disruption in the music industry with the itunes store and the ipod the total disruption of the mobile telecoms industry you know putting blackberry out of business and seriously wounding the original dons of telecoms i'm talking nokia motorola um sony ericsson and those guys it shows that they're an unstoppable force like who knows what they're going to do next you know tim cook's done a really good job i'm not going to lie but in this third era who knows what they're going to do next who knows what they're going to do next i heard a rumor they were working on ar glasses because the next big wave is probably going to be well not probably it is going to be virtual reality and augmented reality we're already seeing that in apps like snapchat um instagram with the instagram stories and stuff like that you know augmented reality is you know the best way to describe it is artificial elements layered on top of real world elements if that makes sense so for example if you have uh, a cartoon character dancing on your desk so you point your camera towards your desk and you can have i don't know some sort of character dancing on top of your desk that's basically augmented reality they're working on ar glasses apparently um it'd be very interesting to see what they, apparently it's gonna be in 2020 or 2021 let's see but yeah watch this space so if you want to find out more about apple and the journey it's a really interesting story definitely check out um jobs the movie 2013 ashton kutcher definitely check that out there's also some other documentaries as well out there on the internet there's one on netflix by the bbc called steve jobs billion dollar hippie definitely check that out very interesting so over to you what do you think apple's next area of innovation will be do you agree with me do you think it could be ar do you think it could be something else what would you like to see hit me up on the hashtag redesignpod on twitter and join in the conversation that's it for this week hope you enjoyed it don't forget to like comment subscribe hit the follow or subscribe button and uh, don't forget if you could leave a review on apple Podcasts, that would be amazing hopefully five stars hope you enjoyed the podcast and don't forget tickets are still on sale for cool school which is launching on the 9th of january uh hit up this is coolschool.com for more info or follow on instagram at cool school gram don't forget you can follow me on the socials at andrew underscore cbx that's andrew underscore cbx both on instagram and twitter that's it for this week we'll be back next monday take care and bye for now we, 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 we,